0: we everybody, we here, you all right, good? Okay. So, hello and welcome to A Girl Like Me Live. I'm so glad that y'all are here. This is our first episode of this new series I'm so excited about. It's an interactive live streaming series advancing health and wellness discussions and education among women with, with and vulnerable to HIV. Every two weeks, I, CC. I will sit down and with different co hosts, and we'll discuss different topics to get about um, in our community. I'm so excited about this. I know. Today's <laughs> episode, uh, we will talk with you four long term survivors um, from the Well Projects community. So we have Portia G's and Vicki Lynn, and Maria Mayha, and Aisha Scott as we commemorate the 40th anniversary of HIV and honor hiv long-term survivors day um so we're going to just jump right into this because i'm so excited like i feel like i know y'all already because i've read so many of your your blogs and you know seen you give so many presentations so i'm just really excited to be sitting here in front of y'all okay first we'll start with i'm going to just go in order and I'm going to start with Vicky Lynn. I would ask like that you um provide a brief intro of yourself, your affiliations, like with the Well Project and your other organizations, and discuss what this 40th anniversary means to you.
1: Thank you so much, CeCe. Hi, everybody. Um, I want to first thank CeCe for all her hard work in putting this together. I am so excited to be here and wanna Thank the well project for creating this space so that we can discuss and celebrate this 40th anniversary. My name is Vicki Lynn and this is my 30th year of living with an AIDS diagnosis and 36 years of living with HIV. And I am so amazingly grateful to be here. I am currently a visiting faculty member at the School of Social Work at the University of South Florida. I'm also on the board of the HIV League, which is the largest national, the only national scholarship for students living with HIV. I'm a member of the steering committee for the Reunion Project and a research working member on the National Working Positive Coalition. My relationship with the Well Project started almost a decade ago, and I really can't remember exactly how I got connected with them. I was just starting my doctoral program, and I know the first time I met Krista in person was at the 2012 International AIDS Conference when we initiated the A Girl Like Me blog. Um, that's where I first met Maria and Bozy. Bozy, I hope you're on here. I love you, honey. Um, I'm just blown away. Last night, I was actually looking for at some pictures from that time, and I'm just blown away that how quickly the time has passed, because sometimes it feels like yesterday, but it's been a decade. I've watched the WELL Project grow, I've watched all the women that I've met through the WELL Project grow. And, you know, as I look back over the past 40 years of the HIV pandemic, part of me is still horrified, but part of me is also ecstatic and very grateful to be here. Um, It would probably take me all day to fully explain what the 40th anniversary means to me. I will personally have 40 years in 2025. So we're gonna have a big celebration. Maybe we can have a women's slumber party. We've been talking about that with the Well Project for a few years. Maybe we can make that happen. Um, I've experienced the good, the bad, and the really ugly of this pandemic. And the Well Project has been such a source of inspiration for me. It's helped me to feel connected to other women. It's helped me educate. Um, Myself and other women, I've worked with the WELL Project on language. Many of you know that one of my passions is on the terminology we use to describe health and wellness and people living with highly stigmatized conditions, especially HIV. So I have a huge passion in that area, and I'm just really grateful to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Vicky. Oh my God. Yeah, I read that. You have a
0: fact sheet or do you help put together a fact sheet? Words. Yeah. Yeah. I always refer to because even as a person living with HIV, sometimes I don't think of, you know, how stigmatizing that language is. So Appreciate you. You definitely left your mark with this organization. Appreciate you. So then we have Portia Dees. What is your affiliation, you know, with the Well Project and what other stuff you got going on? And what does this 40th anniversary mean to you? Hi.
2: Hi, guys. Good morning, everybody. And Thank you, I'm gonna piggyback off of what Vicky was saying. Thank you, CeCe, for putting this together for us. Like, this is totally awesome. Um, Like, so I am, um, I guess, a CAP member for the Well Project and I've been a CAP member since 2018. Um, I met, Krista and um, a few other ladies. Uh, Masonia introduced me to Krista at the 2018 US Conference on AIDS, I believe. Um, <laughs> and I am, uh, I've I'm obviously everybody knows who follows me that I was born HIV positive, I'm a vertical and I've been living with it for going on 35 years now. So out of the 40, 35 years. <laughs> I've been living with this um, with this virus. Uh, I am also a member of NMAC, National Minority AIDS Council. Their HIV and Aging um, Advocacy Internship. So that's super awesome. Um, and I work for the Black AIDS Institute as a linkage to care coordinator. Um, and what? the 40th anniversary of HIV of this pandemic means to me or what I think about um, in all of this is how far we've come um, with like treatment and with science. Um, Shoot, man, I remember as a child, uh, all the medicines I used to have to take, you know what I'm saying? Like um, just how far treatment has come, uh, shoot, it was called GRID at one point. I think when I was born, <laughs> they barely changed the name of uh, gay related, what is it, immune deficiency to HIV, like in like 86 or 87. Um, you know, there were no medications. The medications we have now, like the art that we take now wasn't available when I was born. Um, it was, I was on a lot of trial medications uh, that led to the medication that we're taking today. Um, Man, and then just being in the midst of intersecting pandemics, I feel like that's what we're going through right now with this COVID-19. It's just really making me, uh, I guess, understand how like fear of the unknown how it drives stigma, um, you know? Like, um, just like, I'm like relating everything that's happening with COVID right now to the AIDS pandemic. <laughs> and so like, you know, um, yeah. So, I mean, like like Vicky said, I can go on and on and I feel like I'll be able to add more comments in here and there throughout our discussion. Um, so I'll just stop right there, um, but that's me. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Portia. Oh, I just, I've loved your spirit since I, like, first came across you. So, like, I'm so grateful to be here with you. Now, Maria, Maria, it's your turn. So, once again, your affiliations with the Well Project and beyond. And um, what does the 40th anniversary mean to you? Are you there? You look a little frozen.
3: First to Do you hear me?
0: Yes. Now
3: I'm frozen. Okay. Now you're not frozen. Are you saying what gang affiliation? <laughs> not gang
0: affiliations. <laughs> That's different. Like we're talking about <laughs> professional. <laughs>
3: we are, we are, we are a gang of We. Are- but a positive game i was talking that you know, see all these faces, all these beautiful shades you know
0: okay maria i'm not going to even front like you are breaking up a little bit i heard a little of what you were saying now you're frozen again so look All right. This isn't even the most flattering pose of your face right now. It's not bad though, Maria. I'm going to hold on you and I'm going to go on to Aisha and we'll be right back. So, all right. Aisha. Aisha Scott. Yes. Oh my God. Y'all stories are so inspiring to me because I couldn't imagine. So I'm going to post to you the same thing. Introduce yourself, your affiliations with The Well Project and beyond and What does this 40th anniversary mean to you? You're muted. We can't hear you. Well,
4: (laughs) 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 sorry about that. I had started off so great, too. But, um, yes, I just want to first say thank you all for joining us. I'm so happy to be here for this first session of A Girl Like Me Live. When I first became a blogger for a girl like me, I didn't even think about this. So, you know, to see this happening, is so exciting and I just can't wait to see all of the discussions and where they lead to. But for me, I have been affiliated with the Well Project since about 2015 or 16, so about five years or a little bit longer. And I am a CAP member, so I'm on the community advisory board where we help and discuss things that will benefit our community, which is most important to me. I first became an advocate because I was ousted and I quickly saw how much my presence was needed in my community, just how many people reached out to me secretly sharing their own status with me, even looking for support and resources. And I kind of got stuck here, but that's not a bad thing. I absolutely love what I do. I love helping people living with HIV, especially youth and women. This 40th anniversary to me just means more life, more to give, just more to go. Because honestly, We see so many things about you equals you and ending the pandemic, but we actually don't have to me any true progression. You know, in my community, I'm still seeing so much stigma. And I mean, in my local community and my community of individuals living with HIV, we're still seeing self stigmatization. So there's so much more to go but we've come so far, and I definitely want to acknowledge what my sister shared prior to me, because it is true, we've definitely come so far in medication. We're losing less of our friends and people that we love, and that definitely means a lot to me, especially losing a parent from HIV And I definitely know some others can share that. So again, I'm just thankful to be here. Thankful to even have this A Girl Like Me live platform to be able to discuss long-term survivor stay and even share what that means for me. So thank you all for having me.
0: Thank you, Portia. I mean, I'm sorry. Thank you, Aisha. I'm so sorry. Um, Maria. All right. Maybe as we continue to go along, Maria will be able to join us. I do think this service is really
3: Do you guys hear me a little bit better? Uh, yes,
2: we so
3: can okay, hear you I'm going to try to myself. So you guys can't hear me at all? No,
2: we can hear you better. No, it's, it's just, good. It's just choppy.
3: Okay, well, I don't know. It's Mercury retrograde, by the way. So you know, I get messed up. So, anyway, uh, my name is Maria. I'm gonna be short because I was gonna give this thing Austin, and I think you know we're the forgotten ones. Always and um, that's all the time because. Such a special place. I started with them around 2010. You're an OG as well, my roommate, and um, was I was so proud to see her story I was sharing, her being now a doctor, a PhD. I like to empower other women, and uh, the Well Project has been a very important and special place for me because there's really no organizations for women. Everything is for men, for men, for men. And I understand that, you know, but you, you cannot. Like for example, I was talking about that in a few years of this anniversary that's coming. And I'm not trying to criticize Act of New York because those are my mentors, but how come you don't mention the women that fought along with you in Act of New York? Or in other places around the world, women have always been there. And uh, why isn't there research for women? We know have the same bodies as men, so we have to pretty much continue to fight all of us together. And what I was saying before is that people need to see all these beautiful faces—not boasting about mine, but we are—we are all beautiful women. I commend the women that were born with HIV. I don't know what that is like. It must be a very hard. Thing. I got HIV as a teenager, and um, so I kind—I was aware of what the hell was going on on TV and stuff like that. We didn't have medicine we didn't have nothing and uh but i've been anyway with the world project for a long time as a blogger i'm a cab member i'm a global ambassador i made myself a recruiter too because i have a very good eye for women that are powerful because i believe that this is not about us this is not about ego this is about empowering other women to be even better than us so they can empower other women in their communities and all over the globe So I'm very honored to be here with all of you beautiful women. And um, I hope that the Well Project continues to help us because I will tell you the truth. If it wasn't for the Well Project, I probably would not be here. The Well Project gives me motivation. I've been an activist for years and a long-term survivor for 33 years. And um, I shouldn't be here, but I am, and I'm happy to be here with all of you. Same. Thank you, Maria. That sounded
2: much better. We can hear you
0: now. <laughs> yes, um, I'll forever be thankful for Maria. Like, every and say that she's the one that introduced me to the Well Project. Like, and I'm so grateful. So, yes, you are a recruiter.
4: Yes, <laughs> definitely a recruiter <laughs> because she recruited me too. <laughs> and I'm always thankful for Maria. Mm-hmm. She knows that. Mm-hmm.
3: And I appreciate that you guys say that, but Aisha, you, you honey, you're looking good too, honey. What's going on? <laughs> Aisha, do you remember this is you? And you told me, oh no. Let me a blurry picture. I don't really know what you said, no, Maria. <laughs> well, you sent me a blurry picture when you're gonna start to blog. And then oh. that same day, you're like, you know, forget it. I'm not gonna use a blurry picture. I'm gonna put my picture. And that was so inspirational to me. Look at you now, look at all of you. All of you are examples. And um, I, I, mean, I'm sorry for- I
2: I was gonna uh piggyback off of what you were saying about you know um the well project and and how it saved your life and i know for me this is my this a girl like me the blog uh plat the blogging platform is the first time i was like really able to like freely express myself and and in, in everything you know that i've been going through you know um to a platform of women who are going through the same thing i'm going through because before that before i found this I really didn't know too many people who were going through the same thing, you know, who, uh, who were living with HIV. And so this platform gave me that connection. And um, you asked, you know, you, you don't know what it's like uh, being born with it. Uh, I know it ages you (laughs) right now, (laughs) ages you faster than, you know, usual right now. And I feel like, um my health issues that i'm experiencing are like health issues that usually somebody in their like 50s uh or 60s would be going through you know like right now and i'm i'm i have a blood clot that um i'm trying to get rid of with taking these blood thinners my kidneys is bad <laughs> you know so i got to take um medicine for that um you know but The fact that we've come so far and, you know, we are able to say that we're aging with HIV is a blessing, you know, like, because when I was born, I wasn't supposed to be five, you know, according to the doctors and to science and the medicine that they have out now. So what a blessing it is that we're able to age with HIV now,
0: you know, so... (laughs) That's so decent, like, and they always say, you know, like, trust the science, trust the science. And if y'all had have trusted the science and like, kind of given up, then we wouldn't know, you know, y'all beautiful faces or the personalities are what y'all have to offer this world and community. So I'm so grateful, you know, for those that loved doing you and that, you know, they got you to this point. Yo, I, I want to cry. Like I always just want to cry. So. I'm not going to do that right now. (laughs) Um, Okay. So like over the years, of course, this is the Well Project is an organization, a woman's organization. Um, So we always bring it back to that point. So have you noticed any changes on the coverages of like the coverage of HIV and AIDS? Do you feel that women have been represented in the coverage of the epidemic? How has this coverage or lack thereof impacted women? So start with Vicky I'm just gonna go
1: thank you good question um gosh last night I did a lot of thinking about how it was in the beginning. And I know for me, because you know I contracted HIV in 1985. So at that time, we didn't even know women were at risk of contracting HIV. And of course, the gov- our government at the time really ignored the whole pandemic because of what populations it was impacting. But I know that I didn't even meet a woman, another woman living with HIV for almost an entire year. I met a lot of men living with HIV, and they really welcomed me with open arms, and I remember meeting in the basement of churches or wherever we could get together. Now, you got to remember, there was no internet back then. There weren't any cell phones, and even, I couldn't even, I had, I had a really good job at the time, and I had great health insurance, but I couldn't even find a doctor willing to see me. I was told we don't see people like you. Get out of our office. Don't come back. And this was repeated, you know. And so there, there were no safety nets for even men living with HIV, let alone women. So I I remember going to different medical appointments, trying to, you know, trying to find someone to help me, and just being told over and over again to leave. I have seen a lot of changes over the past 40 years in relation to women. You know, in the beginning, we struggled just to comfort the dying. That's what was happening. We were all dying. So trying to comfort people was the only thing we had because we didn't have any medication. And then in the mid nineties, when the medication came out, you know, the newer medication, many of us started to get healthier. So we did see some focus on women, and we just saw a shift in the system of care in how you know instead of caring for the dying we're actually caring for the well and trying to make them healthier and and as the time has gone on we we're seeing other shifts but he think that the WELL Project has been a staple in this community. And, and I remember when it was just like Krista was doing most of this herself. I mean, she was just connecting and working hard to connect all of us. She was doing a lot of this herself. And it's through her work and her education and the WELL Project's education that has helped to bring women's issue to the forefront. Um, we are seeing some research projects that are focused on women and women's health issues in relation to HIV, but we definitely need more of that. Um, and I all, we also have seen like the Positive Women's Network. There's uh, other organizations that just have empowered so many women over the years. And that's what... <sighs> Over the past 30 years, I've spent a lot of time advocating and fighting the system in in trying to enact change for us. What I have discovered and what I have found is that instead of fighting the system, my energy is better spent creating a network of people and women that make a difference. Because if we're gonna wait on I get chills. If we're going to try to wait on our government or others to make change, it's not going to happen. We have to be that change. We have to create those networks and the communities to be able to change for ourselves and support each other. And that's one of the things the Well Project has done. And I'm just thrilled. And I'll stop for there. Yes, you pretty much answered that
2: question perfectly, but just to add to what you're saying. Uh, you know, i we also are starting to see commercials and stuff on TV now, like, about the medication, um you know, prep, all that stuff. I don't know, you know, if people are paying attention to it, but I know that's something that's different. That wasn't always a thing. I think it's fairly new within the last couple of years, too. Like, so, yeah. And, you know, it's It's women in the (laughs) commercials.
4: I actually believed I did. I just recently see something about prep for women. I don't know too much about it to speak too much on it at this time, but I do know I received some notification about that. So i think somewhere you know people are getting it there are even some grantees that are i'm sorry some grantors that are you know pushing out initiatives that focus on women and that must and for those who are actually applying they must implement some sort of network that connects women living with hiv or at risk for hiv so I do believe we are headed in a more women focused direction. I, again, just want to see more. So again, you know yeah. what everybody else is saying is, you know, you're seeing a, a little bit in the pieces here and there, but you're just not seeing enough because even in local organizations, you're not seeing programs that are targeted. Mm-hmm towards women there are few organizations in certain states and each county may have its top program which is targeted outreach for pregnant women that are affected by HIV and AIDS but you know that's, and not to discredit that because it's actually a really great program It connects women that may be at risk or living with HIV to pertinent resources for themselves in their baby. But, you know, it's just for, you know, when they're pregnant and just a short period for, you know, after birth. But what are those resources? You know, what are, where do those other resources come in, especially for a pregnant mom living with HIV, you know, You bring in socioeconomic status Mm -hmm. and maybe current family life and what that's like. And then again, adding on that layer of HIV and not even having maybe providers that are specialized in everything you're going through, you know, and especially not the HIV. You know, you're not really going to find too many mental health providers unless they're connected to Ryan White that are even understanding of what HIV adds on to a person's life and maybe, you know, understanding that that's not even the entirety of their life or where maybe even where the focus is. Because I've met with mental health providers where they try so hard to focus on the HIV and I'm like, look, I got molested, let's talk about that because that's what's bothering me and it's affecting my relationships you know not the hiv the hiv is like a superpower to me sometimes and it's odd the way i've been able to turn that you know and and use it as a strength when at a time it wasn't you know it's kind of like i just told myself i was making a change i was going to be happy with myself so that involves everything that comes with me But again, there's not enough. I wanna see more. I wanna be able to go into an HIV organization in the same way I see programs that target MSM. We see programs that target women that are outreaching women that are focusing on getting women tested, that are focusing on getting women to care. And that's what I wanna see more of. And I definitely just wanna also think all of those organizations that are out there now, like sister love iris house that are trying to implement programs and that are implementing programs that impact women and that focus on women and prioritize women
2: you you saying that Aisha or are you and Vicky both saying you know there's there's organizations now that focus on women and programs but there's not enough it just makes me think about you know taking it back to when we were born you know what my mom probably had to go through in 86 yeah, my mom too <laughs> you know like um of not there was probably nothing you know being someone who was like addicted heavy in her addiction and when we talk about that too even treatment centers there there's plenty for men but not very many for for women and and, and children you know what i'm saying and I can just imagine what uh, she had to go through, Um, you know? I don't know. But you saying all of that made me think about all of that.
4: (laughs) No, no, it is true. Even look at today, we're having less and less babies being born with HIV, you know? You're seeing in some counties where they're experiencing zero or one for the year. And that just lets us know that there are programs that are targeting women in the areas that are needed most. And again, credits of programs like Tapwa that have been around for the last 10, 15 years. And that is when we have seen this high, you know, decrease. We're not seeing perinatals or verticals, you know, whichever you call them. because um, I know we call them two different things. You say <laughs> so but um yeah it's i mean they have a start it's working but even with myself i worry you know there's programs you know there were no there was no program when you know my daughter was born there was a doctor that had been my doctor since i was born and there was another woman at the time at her appointment and she had delivered children that were living with HIV and they basically made her appear because technically she wasn't you know working for them or anything like that but she was appearing that moment because they had her come and sit with me because i hadn't been taking my meds and she explained to me you know why you need to take your meds you know you want to have children that are not born with HIV she broke it down. She's like, you know, look at what you're going through right now. Just fighting to take your meds. You don't want your child to do have to even worry about that. So if you can prevent that, even if it's just from while you're pregnant, you know, just take your meds for right now. And she saved my life. If I want to be, if I want to pinpoint somebody, and I ever really thought about that because honestly, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have even became consistent in taking my meds. And once I became consistent, it just was something to, you know, it was just something to do. It was just like, I know I have to take it now because I had, I had done it that by the matter of fact, by the time we even came out that I was pregnant, I was about five months. So, you know, only had about five months left to take my med and make sure I can protect my baby. And even at that time, they didn't even know for sure that, you know, that that would be the help. They just were, I think at the time, they were, my my doctor, she had a lot to do with a lot of different trials and a lot of research that was going on. And that was one of the things they were kind of I, I, realizing when they were going along that the women who t- took their meds were more likely to deliver a negative child. So she, you know, they came in, they did that, but there's women who didn't have that. They had a positive child and my, even with my negative daughter, you know I still worry for her you know and just making sure that she remains negative because you know there there are no programs that are really targeting youth that are even really coming out to the schools and making sure that they're aware and they're knowledgeable you know I do what I need to do for my house, but that's because I'm equipped there's parents that are not equipped to even have the sex education talk with their children you know so. Oh, I'm going to stop right there because if we keep going, I'm going to go on a rant. So I'm going gonna- <laughs> to just stop because that just lets you know, you know, for me, there's just more and more to go. And I can't, I can't just say, you know, we're here. We're, we've made it by the progress, you know, the small progress that we've made. I mean, it's, it's important, and impactful, but to me, when you measure it against, everything else you know i could get so much more
2: i i want to hear maria talk about you equals you that that wasn't something that was always a thing shoot (laughs) that's in within this 40 years the you know the fact that you just said you know the doctors didn't even know that you taking your medicine would prevent your your baby from from contracting it And you equals you, man. Like that's a game changer right there.
0: (laughs) Is Maria able to speak on you equals you? You hear us, sis? Okay, maybe not. I want to. Um, I'm not sure if y'all are seeing the comments pop up on the screens. But a you woman know, from Nigeria, Nigeria, Nigeria. You hear me? yes, no, okay. you must be really delayed, know, let me get. But we
3: could hear you, we could hear you, we could hear you. okay. Well, we hear you. I mean, there's much to say. I'm not having really a good day to you know, my father died three years ago, and tomorrow's his birthday, and um. I Sorry, so let me breathe like the strong women that we are. And, uh, you know, we always show up. I admire women like all of you because I know all of you have gone through so much struggles. We all do. and um, But we're powerful women. And we're examples. And we show up every time, even, even if we're dying. I apologize because Joe texts me. Joe is like my little twin soul. She, I, I got to read her. She's like, stop eating banana, on live. I said, Joe, <laughs> him human We have to take care of our health, that self-care and self-love. And people, people understand that we're long-term survivors. We don't just have any little thing. You know, true enough, it's not the same thing that it was back in the days. Because as Vicky mentioned, and I tell a lot of young people, they're like, oh, I know how it was. You saw it through documentaries. You don't know how it was. I don't know how it was for Aisha or um, or for you, Portia, to be born with HIV, as I mentioned before. You know, and sometimes that survivor guilt comes from that because I have seen so much death. And I describe long-term survivors as people that come back from a war, that they lost so many people. So we have PTSD. We have anxiety. We have depression and uh, survivor's guilt, you know? And every time a friend of mine dies, I get scared. I still get scared to this day when I go get my labs. And you know, I'm a strong woman, but I'm real. And uh, I'm afraid because I'm like, is my immune system good? Because I always, you know, HIV, I mean, I had an AIDS diagnosis because I didn't have no medicine. I was back in my country, Colombia. We didn't have a support system. We didn't have social media. We didn't have medication. I didn't know anyone with HIV. I just knew I was a teenager that had a death sentence. And, uh, but I'm still here, but the loss has been great. And I know that we want to be motivational and we should be grateful that we're here, but we cannot forget those that have passed. Last year, 30 of my friends died, 30. And not only because of complications, but because of COVID, and because of something that has to do with covid diagnostics. They weren't able to go into the um, diagnostic clinics because of COVID, so they eventually passed from cancer. And these were long-term yeah. survivors. i also, including one of my best friends in Spain, that had a very similar story to me, and. A blogger uh, in Spanish from Spain, uh, Una Chica Como Yo. Which I'm also very, very proud that the world Project has expanded to Latin America, Spain, and now in India and uh, in, in Africa, everywhere. Um, she killed herself. Ay. This is a woman that's extremely strong. She had a husband and a 15-year-old son. I have to talk about her because I have to. You know, I have a lot of grief in me. And uh, this woman would write me every December handwritten letters, you know, not computer. Talking took about eight, nine, ten handwritten It was beautiful. I felt like I was back in, I don't know what, what, what era, but it was beautiful. And she would tell me every year that it was getting harder and harder and the pain. But I was like, she's strong, just like me. You're going to make it. I'm going to go to Spain. I'm going to visit you. And she killed herself in November of last year. put herself in a ditch, turned her phone off and died. And left her husband and her uh, 15-year-old son. So, you know, HIV and AIDS is a bitch, as I've always said. I wrote a letter to HIV many years ago. It's on my YouTube channel. I even cry there. But at the end of the day, HIV also saved my life. Because I didn't care about myself because of my past and my abuse and so much things, and it made me love myself more and take care of my body more. True enough, I make mistakes and I go into very dark, dark places that a lot of people don't know about. But I can assure you that I always will get out, and I believe that through the pain is how we evolve spiritually. And um, and I'm and like I say always. I'm gonna ride the cha- the bike to the chain brakes and let the cars lay where they may. When my mission is complete, I believe that if I saved one life,
1: my mm-hmm.
3: mission was complete. All then work and I'll be in the light. Hey.
0: Thank you for that. That was
2: deep. Oh yes. Yeah, that is, she's she's talking about that stigma, man. That, it's that stigma we've we've come so far in treatment and science, but that stigma still hasn't quite like like really changed, you know And right. I, I know I know for me, I don't I know every vertical story is different, but like I kind of was sheltered from it as a kid, like going to children's hospital and 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 you know being a part of the different camps and the different ronald mcdonald events and stuff that i was a part of but i i thought of it as like oh i have a a life-threatening disease like just an illness i didn't know it was so much stigma behind it until i got older um and i started wanting to date and then that's the part where and i know this might differ from like Maria and Vicky because you guys always were aware of the stigma and I wasn't as a child and so that stigma is what really like broke me down you know like um and you know just relating to what she was saying about some of her friends who have passed away that's what made living with HIV although you know I was a lot sick more sick as a child but it wasn't hard you know Children's Hospital made it a fun thing and a and a and a positive thing, but what really broke me down and made me give up was going through that stigma in in my middle school and high school years and figuring out you know that it was a huge stigma and I think that's where all that uh you know I think that's that's what hasn't changed and I don't know how how do we how do we I mean. You know, I feel like more and more people are speaking out and we're, you know, we're sharing our stories and stuff, but it's still, I don't know how to push past. I don't know how we push past that.
4: (laughs) And we ask ourselves, how do we push past it? But we're still seeing posts and we're still seeing comments that are, you know, just, I mean, mind blowing, even recently. You're, you're seeing posts and, you know, they think, you know, for likes maybe or for fun, but people are posting things like, you know, I don't have this or that and HIV, you know, but you can't share this status, you know, or even recently someone made a post and it was, sh- it was shared by a, an advocate, Masonia, and yeah. the person was asking how can, or, or rather stating that people living with HIV or women living with HIV are actually out here having babies. And it's like, what, uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's what you, said. you know, for me it's like people are, and, and how I look at it is a lot of the things people post there, you know, they're so, so telling of their insecurities and the the things that they are going through and i say remember earlier when i said you know it's like a superpower to me because i read between the lines on some of those posts you know it's like okay maybe you can you can share this but what boxes don't you check in your life that you felt that you needed to you know share this to make yourself feel better you know um or you know what are what are you going through in your life that makes you so intimidated by a woman living with HIV that is in a relationship or or not in a relationship, but have met someone that wants to have a baby with them, despite, you know, in spite of their condition that people look at as so highly stigmatizing. But this person chose to have a baby and create a baby and didn't care about HIV. You know, so for me, that's what the question I have to ask to, you know, anybody who's stigmatizing because oftentimes it's again, it's just so telling of their own insecurities and their own shortcomings. And I wish that for so many other women or people living with HIV that they can also be able to see that as well and also even stop self stigmatizing themselves and thinking that or limit or putting limits on things that they can accomplish. You know, I hear all the time where a a person that I know living with HIV didn't become a hairstylist or they didn't become a nurse, you know, because they didn't want to, you know, have people learning about their status or their own fear in Going down those paths or people that chose To be an HIV and advocacy or work completely in that field But you know, maybe they get burnt out because it's not where their true passion is Maybe it's something that they can do, you know in their free time But that that wasn't the life their life's paths that they would have initially chosen, you know, so stigma it affects so much more than even Choosing to take your medicine. It affects what lifestyle you're choosing to live, you know, maybe even where you live or what places you choose to occupy. So, yeah,
1: stigma is. I truly want to thank you so much for. I truly want to inspire others that no matter where you are in your life, you can accomplish your dreams my story is very convoluted and and I experienced homelessness. Um, I had less than 50 T-cells. I was locked up in a mental health institute and diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic, even though I had AIDS-related dementia. And it was the new medications that came out in the mid-90s that somehow, and, and I'm not very religious, but I do believe that I was guided to if i had a second chance at life what would i do and the answer for me was to help other people so i started going back to school never in my wildest dreams believing that i would ever graduate i really thought that i would die because that's what the doctors told me at the time and that's what we were all experiencing and some and and i was also using a lot of substances at the time because i hated myself so much i hadn't internalized all that stigma that my family disowned me my you know I couldn't find a doctor to help me I was stigmatized throughout all my friends stopped calling you know so so that internal stigma really got to me but I, I went back to school I got my AA I got my BA I went on to get a master's degree I went on to get a second master's degree and I graduated two years ago with a PhD so I if I know that if I can do it, because I literally I am a mess sometimes, if I can do it, I want to help other people do it. I want to be your support. If you're looking to go back to school, if you want to follow your dreams, no matter what your dreams are, if you want to live and work in the HIV community, or if you want to be a hairdresser, or if you want to be a welder, whatever it is. I'm here to support you and help you. Um, I know I'm putting it out there a lot, but if you need help writing an a, a application to get into college or a scholarship application, just, you can hit me up and I will help you. I really believe that my passion and for the next 10 years of my life that's where I want to focus my energy is helping other people living with HIV follow their dreams and no matter what capacity I can do that as whether it's getting money or or just talking with them on finding out what their passions are you know when I first when i was going to school is where i first realized how stigmatizing the language was because i was reading research articles and i was reading hiv infected woman hiv infected over and over and i'm like shit, they're talking about oh excuse me they're talking about me and that doesn't feel good and i repeat those messages in my in my head so it, i made it my mission to i I want to change that language, but I've been doing these workshops on language for the past decade, but I still see researchers and scientists and health professionals using stigmatizing language. So that's another mm-hmm. one of my passion. Look, I'm, I get teary-eyed. I'm also older and I'm going through menopause. So my emotions are all right there, but <laughs> I so want to be your inspiration and help anybody follow your dreams. I truly do
2: man because that it just makes my heart so heavy hearing maria talk about her friend that just passed away because of stigma like the treatment works so good we know you equals you you know we know we're not infectious we know all of this stuff yet that stigma is still killing people and that's the part where it's like yo (laughs) you know and just going through this COVID thing It's making me realize how stigma is disseminated. You know, now Asians is, it ain't the gays no more. Asians is getting like, that ain't funny. But, you know, Asians are getting, hate. you know, discriminated against because of COVID, you know? But you know know what's
0: crazy, Portia? What? It's like people act like it can't happen to them. Like, and, like, you have to do something special to end up with the HIV diagnosis. And when we talk about like the self stigma and stuff, like that was me because I felt like it was something special that I did to end up in this situation. That's why I always look at, you know, especially y'all that were born with it. Like, well, y'all didn't do nothing and y'all I'm living, you know, that same life with y'all. So that's so crazy. And now that you keep making the parallel between COVID and hiv it's like now like does it make sense to people now no it doesn't still seeing just the same ignorant mess on the internet like it's so
2: I, i think in a way it's clicked into people like this pandemic going through 2020 all of us collectively going through this covid crisis i think it's showing more of the world that uh you know we're all connected what what affects one of us affects all of us because they can't say that with covid they can't say oh you know although some people might like to think it can't affect me covid but no covid is affecting everybody and ain't no, you know what i'm
0: saying like i watched a person <laughs> get into my car when i was ubering and lifting he got to my car without a mask on and i looked back i said you don't use condoms do you <laughs> <laughs> what you mean i was like i see you're not really in the game of protecting yourself and he was like, oh, and, you know, I just went into that whole um, you know, explanation of why I felt that way or whatever. And I hope that he refers back to that conversation later on. But yeah, I feel in some areas it may have helped, but I just feel like so many people we feel like we're invincible sometimes or feel like that couldn't be our story or what however it may go. Um, we're coming down on time though. So I just wanted to, um, I wanted to end on a note of, so is there anything as long-term survivors that you would want the audience to know? Like if you had to sum it up in two sentences, what would you want the audience to walk away with?
4: Well, for me, you know, I just hope that some, you know, if you're watching this, that you were able to hear something that makes you want to at least get tested or become involved in your community in some way or with a organization that may be only have a virtual platform, whatever, just take a moment to learn more about the organization and. A little about its resources because everybody knows somebody living with HIV and you may not know it but you do and one day you yourself may need to be a resource for someone and instead of being you know stigmatizing or saying something that's self-serving you may be able to provide some true help and resource so I hope if I guess my main takeaway is that you've seen something today that makes you want to help someone and change how you yourself communicate about HIV. Maria, you there? Okay, I
3: unmuted myself. I don't want to be like dramatic or anything like that, but this is a very serious subject. And what I want people to take from us long-term survivors is that we need special assessments because we have a thing called AIDS survivor syndrome. A lot of people don't understand that. And um, there's a lot of um, complexities, complexities that we face. One of the things that hurts me the most is that they're trying to take the word AIDS out You know, and us long-term survivors are not gonna go for that, and we didn't, because that's my diagnosis. No one is gonna double stigmatize me, especially in the community or my brothers and sisters that have that diagnosis, or the people that have passed of complications of AIDS. So I ask of everyone that, you know, not not to forget us. A lot of long-term survivors are aging, and they're in isolation because of this. I detest more than HIV. Um, They have relapsed drugs, consuming drugs. They're in domestic violence situations. There's a lot of things going on because of COVID. And it's correlated to also being long-term survivors. They're alone. People are alone. So I'm just going to say one thing. Sometimes we, we see these women like you all that are powerful and strong. I'm just going to include myself in there too because I I think I'm pretty strong. Um, Please reach out to those that you believe are strong because sometimes we are the ones that need the most help because we're always helping others who helps us. So reach out to somebody. Reach out to someone that you know is a long-term survivor and is an elder in our community. We cannot forget what we have been through or what they have been through, and we cannot forget that they are the ones that fought for the medications that we take today to stay alive. So I'm very honored to be here today with all of you. Excuse my a little bit of erratic behavior, but I'm just going through a lot right now. And I love and light to all of you. Love you, Maria. So
0: good, Maria. Love you. Okay. What about you, Portia, what you gonna tell the
2: people? I I want to let Vicky go because she said she has a meeting at one. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's okay. I actually got yeah another meeting that I've logged into on the side here. I just want to thank the Well Project and thank CC and all the beautiful women for being here and putting this together. I'm so grateful, and. One thing that I would leave you with is a, a very wise woman told me many, many years ago that you are growing and changing in beautiful ways every day and believe that you are amazing and I love you all. I've got to go.
2: And I guess I, what I want to say, I kind of already said it already, but you know, if one thing this past year, you know, going through this COVID pandemic has showed us is that we're all connected. What affects one of us affects us all. And, um, you know, science only goes so far, but then comes, you know, God, I don't know who said that quote. And then love, you know, love is what's gonna get us through, through, you know, it's gonna be many more pandemics to come. (laughs) Um, But love is gonna, the love and the lack of judgment Uh, Lack of hate is what's going to get us through all of that and and if there's one thing that uh, I hope that you guys learned from all of us is that, you know, no matter what pandemic comes our way or what life throws at us, we can survive and we can get through it (laughs) with love
0: and light. (laughs) Y'all so decent. Oh, my God. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we got to do this. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for the first episode of A Girl Like Me Live. Please join us again on, in two weeks. That's going to be on June 16th. And I will be talking dating and disclosure with Marissa Gonzalez. Y'all think that's going to be a good one, right? We yeah. <laughs> yeah. so can talk yeah. about it yeah. all day. Yeah. Okay. So I'm so excited. Once again, thank you for joining. I'm going to put some outro music on here. Again. We're good. Love you, Cece. Thank you. Love you <laughs> here. All right. Let's see.